Thank you and welcome, everyone. It's great to see you all, great to see new visitors as well. It's uh, amazing to come together and thank this amazing God about we sang and to celebrate harvest, to celebrate harvest and to thank God for what he has provided for us during this year, but during our entire life. So happy harvest, Adelstone Baptist Church, to start with that. Um, so harvest is a time when we come and remember who God is, the creator of all things, the provider of our daily food, as we already enjoyed a little breakfast this morning, thanking God for his provisions, and also um, giving out to others in need. It's a way of worshipping God, as Jackie mentioned. So this message of today, it kind of humbled me. It humbled me because we're going to look at a few creation, if you like, um, a few proofs that gods exist. And it humbled me, first, because I'm not a scientist, so forgive me if some of the figures <laughs> may not be the right ones, but we will get the idea. But it also humbled me because you realize what, ama what an amazing God we have, just reflecting back on his creation. So this is not a science lecture. It's just a reflection on God's character and what he created. So first we're going to look at the amazing universe that God created for us. I have some photos there uh, just for us to, to help with this message. So the universe is an amazing creation of God, right? Scientists estimate the observable, the observable universe the part of it that we can see is about 93 billion light years across. 93 billion light years. So the light year is the uh, speed of light for a year, if you like. But the whole universe is at least 250 times as large as the observable universe. It's not possible to simply count all the galaxies in the sky. That's impossible for us humans. One such estimate says that there are between 100 and 200 billion galaxies in the observable universe. Wow, we're thinking. And Earth's nearest stars in the Alpha Centauri system are four light years away. That's around 40 trillion kilometers. We're talking big distances here. We were having a conversation about how many miles an electric car can have. So this is, um, this is something else. And our galaxy, the Milky Way, contains anywhere between 100 to 400 billion stars. Probably the observable universe contains 360 stars. How amazing that is. And we have some Bible verses to see that the Bible declares God is the creator of our universe. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. I consider you heavens the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. All this immensity, all this creation, the works of God's fingers. How amazing is that? And um, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, it says, God stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. 
the vastness of this universe and the galaxies. It talks about stretching, and actually scientists today, as you know, they said that actually galaxies are going further and further from one to another. So this is the God we are worshiping. And the Bible uses fear of God with reverence of God interchangeably. To revere the God, the Lord, for who he is, just reflecting on his creation. If we go to the next slide, please. This is an image from James um, Webb Telescope. These are galaxies in the space. And another click, please, to see that verse in Psalm 147 saying, he counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Wow. God knows all the stars in the universe. He made them. And I was reflecting as, preparing, as I was preparing for this message that we see humankind is trying to reach out to stars, to planets in the universe, just to find out some answers. But as we've seen, they are all moving apart from each other. So it's like God saying, you can look for answers out there in space. But I don't think we're going to find answers out there in space. Because the answer we need is here on earth, on a little hill, on a cross where Jesus Christ died for us. And it says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, For in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. So looking at the vastness of space and universe, we can still see God's greatness and his glory. But thinking back to what happened on the cross, that's even a bigger miracle. Now just leaving the space and focusing closer to home, if we look at our planet. If you go next slide, please. Does anyone know what the, this picture is? Yes, that's it. This is, if you go next click, please, Gemma. So this picture is called um, the Earthrise, and it was taken in 1968 by Williams Anders from Apollo 8 mission from the moon. And this picture Galen Rowell described it as the most influential environmental photograph ever taken. Because here on Earth, we see the rise of the sun, the rise of the moon. But when they saw the rise of the Earth from the moon, look at that beautiful blue pearl. Amazing creation. This is our home. This is our house. And if we go the next picture, this one is taken... Uh, from close to Saturn is taken from Cassini and Messenger probes orbiting Saturn and Mercury about 900 million miles from Earth. And you can see that little dot there. That's our planet. Somewhere there, my friends, is you and me with our big problems, with our big worries, with our struggles, if we see from God's perspective, that's our little home in the vastness of space. How amazing is that picture? And as of Psalm 90, verse 1, 2, it says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, 
you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. Let's reflect for a moment, looking at that picture. And suddenly we realize that our big issues are so small in comparison with the full picture, the full creation of God. Our blue marble pearl called earth. And not only that God created our world, but he sustains it, he maintains it. So if we think of our planet, yeah, if someone just spins around here in front of us, I wanted to get a child to do that, but too late now. So the earth, as we know, has two rotations. One rotation is around the sun, our star. And the speed of this rotation is around 107, 800,000 kilometers an hour. That's 67,000 miles an hour. We're spinning around the sun. And also the earth is rotating around its own axis at a speed of around 1,600 kilometers an hour. That's 1,000 miles an hour. This is crucial for the warming and cooling out of our planet. And we're actually sitting here, but you can't feel it. We're actually spinning at a very, very high speed rate. Isn't that amazing how God invented this for us? We are ongoing spinning, but we can't feel it. Looking at the moon as well, maybe somewhere there in the picture, there's a little tiny dot, which is our moon. It's our natural satellite, a gift from God, a perfect distance from the earth. The moon creates, as you know, the flux, the reflux of the oceans uh, so that the waters are not static, bringing life. If we go to the next slide as well, to think of the gravity of our earth is perfect for human life purposes. And the size of our planet is perfect for life. So the atmosphere on our planet goes from the planet's surface up in the air for about only 80 kilometers. So that's, that's not a lot. But the atmosphere is perfect for breathing. The combination of gases is perfect for life. Too much carbon dioxide we know will be in danger. Too much oxygen we know will be in danger. On the next slide, we can reflect on the distance between Earth and Sun is also perfect for life. Is at 150 million kilometers away from the sun. Too close to the sun, we'll have a burning planet. A little further from the sun, we're going to have ice everywhere. There's a little man down there. That could be me. So the distance between earth and sun, it's perfect. And God's creation of earth is amazing. Just pause there a bit and reflect and thank God for our planet. And also on earth, we can think as in Genesis chapter 124, God said, let land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its own kind. So the next is a question for you all. Do you know the number of known mammal species worldwide? Do you know roughly what's the number of mammal species? You can click once, Gemma, but not twice. Thank you. That's for the question. The answer comes later. Any guesses? A lot. A lot. Thank you. <laughs> That's 6,400 known worldwide species of mammals. Next slide, we're going to ask the question, how many bird species and fish worldwide? Any guesses here? Even more. 
So we have 11,000 of known bird species and 34,300 fish in our oceans and waters. But this comes the more interesting one, which is not there. The number of known insect species worldwide, do you know how many? About a million, that's right. It's estimated that there may be as much as 20 million species of insects on Earth. And there is about 1.4 billion insects for every person on Earth. Have a good sleep tonight, by the way. <laughs> the total weight of all the insects on Earth is about 70 times more than all of the people. Wow. Tiny little creatures. And this all, as indicated in the scripture, everything was created by God. And nothing has come to existence apart from him. And what do people do on this planet? As we've seen, unfortunately, hating each other, atrocities, wars, lack of gratitude for God's creation and ongoing provision. So let's remind ourselves today of an amazing God we have. Going a bit further to explore two other amazing creation from God's universe and earth. Next slide, next slide we're going to think of the simple element, the water. Such a simple element, but so essential for life. Its simplicity allows for the water to go through cells' membrane, thus sustaining life. And this is one of the most, most remarkable provisions of God. Pure water is pra practically colorless, odorless, and tasteless but is vital for all life on earth. Human body, as we know, is about 60% water, which next to oxygen is the most important substance enabling us to live. So the creator, our God, has satisfied this need through a lot of water in the clouds, in dew, in rain, in snow, in oceans, and the unseen humidity of the air. The water is also called the universal solvent because it dissolves most substances than any other liquid. It also absorbs lots of heat before boiling, therefore so useful for our old engines in the car to cool them down and also to cool down the planet. That is amazing. The water cycle in nature from oceans to vapor to clouds to rain again to ice and so on. Maintaining life, this is God's creation, a symbol of his majesty. And I think because God knew the importance of water, our Lord Jesus used water to show us the importance of accepting him in our lives. As it says in next verse, in John chapter 4, 13, 14, says, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I gave them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So our Lord Jesus invites us today to drink from his water, to take him in our lives as one thirsty person will reach out for the first fresh of water that he finds. And the final aspect of God's creation, and it's a lot in there, and I'd encourage you to discuss even amongst yourselves about God's creation. I stop to think of the human brain as the next slide for our presentation. 
And in Psalm 139, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Someone said, as, power of, as powerful evidence for a designer's existence, look no further than inside your head. If we go next slide, um, Gemma, please. The human brain, it's an amazing creation of God. Although it doesn't look appealing, it's known as the most complex arrangement of matter in the known universe, our human brain. The human central nervous system contains the brain and the spinal cord, including roughly 100 billion nerve cells. Wow. And the human brain processes simultaneously an impressive number of information, around a million messages per second, as we stand at our tables in this very moment. The 3D world experience we have, the sights, the sounds, the taste, the smell, the feeling in our feet, everything is processed by our brain at an amazing speed. No wonder sometimes you're tired, right? There is work going on inside us. So how amazing this uh, shows us God as an intelligent creator. And God knew that our mind is important. So let's go to the next verse, which um, reminds us that we need to give our minds to our Lord Jesus to renew our minds. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's creation, in view of what God has done for us, I urge you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Reflecting on his creation, reflecting on how he created us, we can say, yes, your will be done in my life. I put myself forward to follow you with my mind and my, my being. So then, next slide, we're thinking, who deserves the glory? Thomas Aquinas, he wrote Natural, Natural Theology. He says in his book, and I'm quoting, Meditation of God's works enable us, at least to some extent, to admire and reflect on God's wisdom. We are thus able to infer God's wisdom from reflection upon God's works. This consideration of God's works leads to an admiration of God's sublime power and consequently inspires reverence for God in human hearts. This consideration also incites human souls to the love of God's goodness. If the goodness, beauty, and wonder of creatures are so delightful in the human mind, the fountain-headed of God's own goodness, compared with the trickles of goodness found in creatures, will draw excited human minds entirely to himself. That's amazing and well said. Reflecting on God's creation would draw us closer to our God, our Father. So on this harvest celebration, we remember who God really is, that there is an all-powerful, 
omnipotent, omniscient, omniscient, omnipresent God in our lives. As the Psalms declares, we can go further in our presentation. What shall we do then? Who deserves the glory? The Bible encourages us to sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music for our God on the harp. He covers the skies with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. In Isaiah 40, chapter 40, God is asking humanity, To whom will you compare me? Or whom is my equal? Says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all this? He who brings out the starry host, one by one, and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Wow, what an amazing God we have. So the next question is then, how do we relate to such a powerful God and creator? So let's carry on with the next verses and see that God is also love. Not just a mighty, cold, distant creator. God is love. As described in 1 John chapter 4, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And the next verses talks about how we can come and know that love. Because the word, which is our Lord Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. We couldn't have known this amazing, all-powerful God unless he would reveal himself to us. And the fullness of God was revealed in our Lord Jesus Christ. And how do we come closer to him? Next verse, it says that through Jesus, his righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that come by Christ Jesus. How do we worship this all-powerful God through our Lord Jesus? And the final slide of this morning is about God's final word and revelation in his Son. And it's this amazing text in Hebrew chapter 1, which says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom all he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Wow. We've seen this all-powerful creator, all-powerful God. He came on this earth, in this dirt, in this fallen world, and took an image like us. That's why the Bible says we've been created in the image of God. And Jesus presented himself I am the light of the world. We talk about light years. We talk about suns and stars. But Jesus says, I am the light of the world. 
And also in Revelation chapter 22, Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So I would encourage you this morning, wherever we are in our lives, whatever struggles we may have, whatever problems, whatever upsetting things happening in our lives, just remember what an amazing God we have. A God that is not... Uh, a fantastic, amazing, unbelievable creator, but also one that is love, one that is interested in each and every one of you present here this morning, one that had a plan to bless us in this earthly life as we remember harvest through all the blessings, but also he will look after you in this life and he will look after you in eternal life as he promised. That's why he came. So I would encourage you, And to ask you this morning, have you received our Lord Jesus in your life? Have you taken him as the water that will help you never to be thirsty again? As the one who will answer all the burning questions, where am I? Where am I going? Who created me? Where am I going to? What's happening with me? Jesus is the answer to all those problems. And if you need prayer at the end of this program, of this service, Please find me at one of the tables or one of the leaders. And we will be more than happy to pray for you, to help you receive this amazing Jesus in your life, in your heart, in your life. And so help us, God, all of us, to give praise and glory to God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.